This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Tonight is episode number 37, Disturbed. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Before I get started, I'd like to remind listeners that this is not an AA meeting, nor is it approved by intergroup or the AA service, general service office. This is an act of service by me. It is inspired by AA and the 12 steps and my attempt to bring the message to my fellow journeymen and women on the trudging the road of happy destiny. And also to those who may be curious or in need or still suffering. Welcome. Secondly, I'm not not a mental health professional and nothing about this should be viewed as mental health advice or mental health uh, treatment. I am under the uh, care of a therapist and I think that is something everybody should, should have the luxury of having if they can because it's amazing and the stigma attached with mental health is so... You know, I'll be honest with you. I kind of think it's almost like the disease itself. You know, the stigma of alcoholism, uh, really the stigma of AA and how we are ashamed and things like this is just part of the disease trying to keep you drunk, trying to keep you down. It's the same thing with mental health. I mean, you know, we could, if you gave your therapist or your guru or your whatever, you know, a different name, your counselor, your doctor, and a different title, um, you know, coach, uh, mentor, whatever, you know, advisor, it, it would be completely fine. But the fact that you're seeking help because you're having mental issues or depression or just because you want to be better, you know, why do we stigmatize that? Anyway, we can get all into that in another episode. But and I know I've touched upon it in the past in terms of my episode accused, um, but uh, this is not mental health treatment. Number three, uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. And I just ask that you preserve mine. I, absol- I will do everything to make sure yours is always preserved and protected. Please feel free to contact me on Instagram. You can DM me at Extravagant Promises Podcast. Or you can email me at Gregory B. That's the letter B. G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-B at extravagantpromisespodcast.com. Number four, this is a uh, entirely free um, endeavor. I will not accept contributions or donations, nor would I ever solicit them or advertisements or anything like that because this needs to be an unvarnished form of giving on my part. And that's part of my process and my program. And I hope that everyone enjoys that knowing that I'm not asking you for money and I'm not accepting money from any sources so that this is completely unvarnished. All right, let's get on with the podcast.
It is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. That's from page 90 of the 12 and 12 under step 10. And if you're like me and you go to meetings every day or a few times a week and it's October, you're talking about step 10 in at least one of those meetings, um, I hope. If you're reading the Daily Reflections, obviously it's referring to that step. I think it referred to it by that specific part of the step in the 12 and 12 on um, Monday and Wednesday of this week. But, <clears throat> you know, that's a tough, the, first let's talk about the, the let's, talk, let's talk about the nuance, the subtlety, the dichotomy, as it were, of this notion that, that our role in it, our side of the street, you know, I think in early recovery, I think in late recovery, I mean, it doesn't matter how many years you got, you know, there's a lot of time when, when, you know, you want to be upset about something or you want, or you are disturbed and, and broken about, broken up about something. And what you want is for someone to say, you want your sponsor to say, you know what? You're damn right. You ought to be upset about that. That son of a bitch shouldn't have done that or that woman shouldn't have hit you or whatever it is. And, you know, and that's tough because I think for those, um, you know, if you just look at it at, at on the surface, you could say, well, in AA, they tell you everything's your fault. Everything is your fault. And, and that's not what it says. That's, a, that's an easy out. That's an easy way to blame AA or to say, well, AA is just, just blame it. It's your, your fault. It doesn't say that. It says, every time we are disturbed, okay? So you're disturbed. Could, could we, send a, could we uh, equate that to upset, anger, fearful, resentful, you know, all these emotions, disturbed. And then here's the important part, no matter what the cause, okay? So think about that. Then it says there is something wrong with us. So, so those are two separate clauses there, two separate phrases. The first one says no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. And, and what that's telling me in my reading of that is it's not saying every time you're disturbed, it's your fault. It's specifically saying you know, no matter what the cause, meaning you may not have caused it. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you caused it or not. It does, and there, and cause and fault and responsibility, those are synonyms, right? Fault, cause, proximate cause, uh, chain of events, but for. So we think about that. So, so what the 12 and 12 is doing there, in my estimation, is relieving us of this notion that, that we are at fault. You know, it just says when you're disturbed, something is wrong with us, with us. So, so think about that. So it means when kind of it's, it's a little bit of a repetitive, isn't it? You know, but, but it's, it, it's saying, so when you're disturbed, you are disturbed. You are disturbed. 
You are upset. Something is wrong with you. I mean, it really is like if, if, when, think of it if, if you use the word, when we are hurt, no matter what the cause, we are hurt. You wouldn't get, we wouldn't get all humpty about that. We wouldn't say, well, I'm going to quit AA or this AA stuff doesn't matter, doesn't mind. You know, what they're saying is, look, you know, you have been wronged. Sure, something caused it, but now something's wrong with you. You know, you ingest a poison voluntarily, involuntarily, regardless of the cause. You smoke too much cigarettes, too many cigarettes, or you drink. Whatever it is, something happened, and now you have a disease, or you have a, a, an affliction, or suffering from something. It's like something's wrong with you. You, you know, you think uh, let's 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 take a look at that and look at it from the standpoint. And, and you may wonder why am I put, facing so much or putting so much time on this, and I'm getting all excited. It's because I know of a specific person who's very close to me who has essentially denied AA and refused to come into the rooms because he says that, you know, the mantra of AA is that it's your fault. It's all your fault. And it doesn't say that, you know, it's accept the things I cannot change, which means I can't change that this person did this courage to change the things I can, which means pretty much in life, the only thing that we find that we can change is the way we handle things, the way we respond. I can respond, I can have an attitude, and that's pretty much it. I can lead myself and therefore affect smaller and bigger change in others, maybe, maybe not. But I can't change them. I can change myself, and maybe they lead by, you know. Anyway, back to the book. You know, my friend says, oh, it's all, A wants to blame. But that's, it's saying exactly the opposite is, it's like, hey, you know, um, let's say you're disturbed like, like you're a victim of child abuse like I am. And, you know, you could say, like, I'm upset about it, you know, and, and I said, what, 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 no, what, it's a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, I'm upset about, I'm suffering from PTSD or, or traumatic, uh, distorted thinking related to that, you know, no matter what the cause, you know, something's wrong with me. And, 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 and that way it, it's true. You know, if I'm having PTSD, something is wrong with me. It doesn't mean that something's bad with you. Bill W. and Dr. Bob and those guys, they were geniuses. Some might say they were prophets. You know, who knows? But they were very particular in their words and their choice of words. I'm sure some, uh, you could nitpick here and there. But the truth is, if they wanted to say there's something bad about you or you are a irredeemable human being or something, they would have said that. Or they say something's wrong with us. Like, you know, like if you, if you eat uh, a bad... If you get food poisoning and you come into, you're a child, you come into your parent, hey, something's wrong with me or something's wrong. I don't, you know, you don't say like, I'm particularly disturbed and it's not my fault. You know, no one would say food poisoning is your fault. Something's wrong with me. You know, something's wrong with me. I don't, I can't see straight today. I don't know what's wrong. You know, no, none of that has to do with you being bad or being broken or being bent or being a, uh, unworthy human being. All it's saying is something's wrong. Something ain't right in your operating system. You need to reboot whatever it is. You know, we need to, we need to clean the bug out, the virus, whatever. You need to put some Norton Symantec antivirus in there <laughs> in the system. 
So think about, that's a huge breakthrough for me that I've been working on. You know, it doesn't matter how many Octobers I go through and how many 10 steps I do and read. You know, I always learn something different. And I was looking at that and I said, you know, I heard, I heard a comment about, you know, something's wrong with us. And I, nothing, you know, I've learned that nothing's wrong with me. Well, think about the arrogance there. But when somebody says, no, this, that is not, it is not suggesting you are wrong. Or that you did something wrong. It just means you are disturbed. If the water is disturbed and it needed to be glassy, you know, or it needed to be calm, if the water's disturbed, then that's wrong. Something's wrong with it. You know? Um, and so that to me was just such a brilliant kind of um, usage of the phrases and, and the words in the, in the 12 and 12. It is a spiritual axiom that every time, axiom, every time. I mean, see, they know that's repetitive. I mean, if it's a spiritual axiom, then you don't have to say every time. But yeah, you kind of do because it's, it's axiomatic that every single time I am disturbed, no matter what the cost. Okay, all right, Gregory, somebody else is to blame. Someone else is responsible. You didn't cause it. Or maybe you did. But whatever, there is something wrong with us. You know, now it says if somebody hurts us and we are sore, we are in the wrong also. You know, and that's where it starts talking about justifiable anger, where it's like we're sore, meaning like, like we get angry, you know. Okay, and this is, this is about trying to focus on the, on the emotions and the reaction rather than simply the, the, the blame or resentments, justifiable anger. We have found that justified anger ought to be left to those better qualified to handle it. Amen. Oh, yeah. Boy, you could, I could sit here and write, rewrite, write, rewrite. I mean, till the day is done, the letters and the journals of, in my fourth step of the resentments I have, whoo, the wrongs that I've suffered, when really, as a, as a daily reflection say, I've just been treating like, treated like a garden variety human being, but to me, oh, capital offenses that have been meted out upon me that I, I just deserve so much better. But it's more just this idea that, you know, hey, something's wrong. I need to address like that. that that's really upsetting me. I need to not, it, 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 it doesn't, I need to focus on how either not being upset or what I can do to clean my side of the street. You know, justifiable anger is, that's no such thing. You know, it, it's, it's, if, let me, let me, let me give a little example. Um, Corporal punishment of children. I take no position on outside issues, okay? I know that in a lot of places it's illegal. In a lot of countries it's illegal to strike your child. Um, I take no position on that issue. What I can tell you is that I was struck as a child many, many times, inappropriately, viciously, beaten. And I made the decision when I was coming along that um, when my child was being born, was, was, you know, we were waiting for her arrival, my first child, I, I decided that no matter what, I would never hit her. Like that just took it that, that you know what, 
think about what I was saying there is, and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just a choice I made, but we have found that justified anger or just blank, you know, ought to be left to those better qualified to handle it. I decided that given my past and my, my, uh, trauma as a victim of child abuse, that I was not qualified to make the decision about when corporal punishment would be okay. And I also kind of made the decision that, you know, um, it would not be consistent with my health and my well-being or my trauma and getting over it to, to, to meet that out. I just made that decision. You know, it didn't mean something was wrong with me. It didn't mean that something was like I was broken or I was a bad human being or something. It just meant that I was disturbed and something was wrong, you know, inside me. And, and I needed to address how I handled it and the way I handled it was to say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to strike my child. And I can say, you know, here we are. She's eldest child is about to turn 19 years old. Almost 20 years. I've never laid a hand on either of my children and I never would. I want to continue with the 12 and 12 um, because there's just a, there's a, there's a passage in the 12 and 12 that just, Everybody knows who listen to this podcast how I feel about the promises. I love to read the promises at meetings, and um, I will volunteer to do it. I think sometimes they don't ask me because I cry every single time I read them. I'm not gonna. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not ashamed at all. When they say, you know, we do together that which we cannot do alone. Oh my God! I just I well up. You know. Sometimes I get excited to read it. What do you mean? Sometimes every time I get excited to read it on this podcast. But there's another passage, like there are many in the 12 and 12 on page 124 in step 12 that goes as follows. Still more wonderful is the feeling that we do not have to be specially distinguished among our fellows in order to be useful and profoundly happy. Not many of us can be leaders of prominence, nor do we wish to be. Service gladly rendered. Obligations squarely met. Troubles well accepted or solved with God's help. The knowledge that at home or in the world outside, we are partners in a common effort. The well understood fact that in God's sight, all human beings are important. The proof that love freely given surely brings a full return. The certainty that we are no longer isolated and alone in self-constructed prisons. The surety that we need no longer be square pegs and round holes, but can fit and belong in God's scheme of things. These are the permanent and legitimate satisfactions of right living for which no amount of pomp and circumstance, no heap of material possessions could possibly be substitutes. True ambition is not what we thought it was. True ambition is the deep desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. Ooh, that just makes, I mean, I tingle when I read, I just get so excited when I read that because I think about service gladly rendered. When have you ever, and I'm not, not, not advice given, when have I ever done that in my past life with service gladly rendered? You know, have it gladly and quietly and competently rendered and just, you know, the quiet man being there giving, giving service out and not expecting a big parade for it. 
obligations squarely met. You know, not trying to cut corners or get a freebie or, you know, just doing a great job and meeting the, your, 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 the other person's expectations. Trouble's well accepted. You don't bitch and cry and go to pieces over it. You know, it's instead it's or, or solved with God's help. Hey, God, if it's your will, will you, will you help me solve this problem? Troubles well accepted are solved with God's help. The knowledge that at home or in the world we are partners in a common effort. I mean, God, when was I a partner in anything other than just the miscreant, the malcontent, the restless, irritable, and discontented? Got to be my way, you know. I didn't even try to rewrite the serenity prayer. My sponsor, that's probably one of the fastest return phone calls I've ever had is when I sent a text to him saying, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to rewrite the serenity prayer to say, you know, and he was like, we're not doing that. Just do the damn steps. Think about that. Read that section. I encourage everybody to. And live. let's live that this week, you know. Let's live that. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change fear of people and of economic insecurity. Woo, will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, please, if it be your will, help me and help all the listeners and anyone suffering to get to a place of serenity and love and contentment and pride and, 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 and courage and, and, and chest forward and chin up so that we can, we, can, we can serve gladly and render service gladly, that we can meet, squarely meet our obligations, well accept and solve our troubles with your help, and that we can be partners in a common effort. God, you've taught us that all human beings are important. And please, your, your love shows us and let us know in our hearts, if it is your will, that our love, when it is freely given, surely brings a full return. Let go and let God. I love all of you. Amen.